<laughs> Don't you wish you could do that, go to Plaza and go, hey, Santa, I'd like some peace and quiet for Christmas. Uh, but it's amazing. That little girl is eight years old, and already she's feeling the effects of Christmas. So uh, this morning, that's what we're going to be talking about. And if, we haven't, if you haven't already heard, it is thanks, Thanksgiving is over. Therefore, it is official. You can now say, Merry Christmas. And uh, so Merry Christmas. Welcome to New Hope Kilo, Hawaii. If you're new here today, we welcome you. And we just want you to re- relax and enjoy the message. Um, now, you may have came and said, oh, today's message is finding rest, so we're just going to sleep. Sorry, that's not going to happen. Sorry, it's not the message for today. But uh, reality is, I think for many of us, we can probably say that our lives are kind of hectic, right? And I don't know about you, but Christmas kind of came early this year for me. I mean, I just, it seems like just yesterday I celebrated our, our daughter's first birthday. Our, our older daughter was... Our, our, our oldest daughter, Caitlin, was born um, in January, so last year, we, or January, we celebrated her first birthday. And now, I have two daughters. I have one who's about to turn two years old, and I have a four-month-old. And so life totally got busy for me this year. And it seems like Christmas just came out of nowhere, it just snuck up. And if you have little ones, if you have babies especially, you know how crazy and hectic life can be especially when they're crying and they need to be fed and they need to be, yeah, you know everything else. Okay, so, uh, but, you know, it, it, life seems to be hectic sometimes. I mean, think about it, right? We have work or we have school, and then we have to go shopping for, you know, groceries. Then the kids, they have their activities or sports. Then we have our deadlines or for projects and stuff like that. And then there's, oh, there, then there's sickness. Uh, you know, sometimes we get sick. And then just, it feels like there's just so much that goes on in our lives already. And then you add on the Christmas season, and now you have to go parties, and now you have to go uh, shopping. How many of you guys went uh, Black Friday or Black Thursday shopping? Well, no one? Oh. I'm not going to lie. I went Thursday night, and, it's just, and it was crazy. I mean, it was literally crazy. I, I, in fact, it was, I was so prepared this year because I've been to Black Fridays before that I brought an army this year because I was like, okay, guys, we got to strategize. We're giving, like, code names for everything too. So, I mean, it just, it just, life seems hectic. And then you add on the Christmas season, it's like, okay, well, how in the world am I going to find rest? How am I, I going to enjoy this time? And, and what happens is, you become so stressful that your hair turns white like Jack Frost from Rise of the Guardians, or uh, if you're a woman, you know, your hair starts to turn white like Anna from Frozen, you know? You get so stressed out, and, and what happens is, Christmas is supposed to be the time where we focus on our Lord, on our Lord and Savior, but many times, what, instead what happens is we miss out on that. We get so focused on all the other things happening in this season that we actually forget what Christmas is all about. It becomes the holiday instead of Christmas. So, I guess the question is, how do we find rest in a restless world? And if you're taking notes, here's the first point. Focus on what's important. Focus on what is important. That's right. You see, the question we have to ask ourselves is this. What is the most important things in our lives. Now, because you heard Kat and Bunny say we love food here at New Hope Hila Hawaii, I'm going to use food. Okay? So in other words, this is the question. 
what is the main entree on the menu in your life? Now, we just celebrated Thanksgiving, and uh, I, I hope you all had a great and wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, I had a wonderful time with my family, and, uh, and then we did Black Friday, and then it was crazy. But uh, I don't know about you, but when it comes to Thanksgiving, I love Thanksgiving. It's like the one, t- or one of the only times in the year where you can expect an entire table filled with food, right? Like, ah, you know? And, and, so, and so I remember as a kid, um, we were growing up, and my mom actually never made the turkey. She usually ordered it from KTA, or she took it uh, to another restaurant to prepare it. And so I remember as a kid, uh, all my cousins, my aunties, my uncles, they would come over to our house, and we'd celebrate Thanksgiving together, and we have this one. We have this one dining room table uh, that usually, 364 days of the year, is filled with other stuff. You know what I'm talking about, right? But then that one time of the year, it goes like this: Poof. Hey, there's food all over now, and so that's what happens. And so there's food, and you know, we. I, I mean, I love stovetop stuffing. I know there's people that make real stuffing, but I love stovetop stuffing. And you know, we have mashed potatoes. Uh, we have maki sushi. We have mac salad. We have all these things. But in the middle of it all was a foil pan. And me and my cousins, we knew it was in the foil pan. That was a turkey. And so my mom would say, okay, guys, we're going we're gonna to pray for the food, and we're going to eat lunch. Okay, so all the kids would come. And so me and my cousins, I remember this. We would sit, we would stand right in the front, and we would watch as the foil pan gets uncovered. And we'd watch it. And it was like a beam of light shot out. And I was like, oh, it's the turkey. You know, it was like, it was, like, it was magical. It was like, because that's what we wanted. We, I mean, if you, if you agree with me on this, please give me an amen. Because you know Thanksgiving is not about the stovetop stuffing, right? You know it's not about the mashed potatoes. You might, you might love mashed potatoes. But I'm pretty sure it's not about the mashed potatoes. You might love cranberry, the cranberry sauce, but you know it's not about the cranberry sauce. It's about that turkey. On the turkey. Nobody celebrates Thanksgiving going, oh, oh, there's stovetop stuffing. Hmm. Good. Nobody does that. Everybody goes, oh, that turkey. And in fact, there, I know that there's families and there's people that they actually compete to see who makes the best turkey. Right? In other words, no one focuses really on the side dishes. Everybody at Thanksgiving loves the main dish. Now, you might not have turkey, you might have ham, you might have prime rib. If you had prime rib, I'm jealous you didn't invite me over. But, but you focus on the main dish. Nobody focuses on the side dishes as much. Imagine, you don't go to L&L and you don't order a chicken cotton and you go, oh, thank you so much for the mac salad and rice. You don't do that. You're paying for the chicken katsu. You're paying for the main dish. And that's what, that's what the first plan is. What is the main things in your life? What is, the, what is the most important things in your life? Because so many times, this is what we do, we get distracted by the mac salad and rice. We get distracted. We put some shoyu, furikake, whatever else you put in your food. And we forget about what's really important. And you know what? There's a story in the Bible that, that actually addresses this. And I love it because Jesus knew that. Jesus knew what, what was important, the main course. And he knew it with his friend Martha. And if you have your Bibles or if you have your notes, in Luke 10, 38, 42, and this is the message version, it says this, As they continued their travel, Jesus entered a village. 
A woman by the name of Martha welcomed him and made him feel quite at home. She had a sister, Mary, who sat before the master, hanging on every word he said. But Martha was pulled away by all she had to do in the kitchen. Later, she stepped in, interrupting them. Master, don't you care that my sister has abandoned me, the kitchen, to me? Tell her to lend me a hand. The master said, dear Martha, dear Martha, you're fussing far too much and getting yourself worked up over nothing. One thing only is essential, and Mary has chosen it. It's the main course, and it won't be taken from her. You know, Martha was focused on the side dishes. In fact, she was focused on the dishes themselves. She was busy washing dishes. Mary was focused on the main course. Imagine if, you had, imagine if you had your favorite celebrity at home, at your home. I'm pretty sure none of us would say, hey, you sit right there, I'm going to go do the dishes. No one would say that. If a, if a well-known celebrity was in your home, you would probably want to spend as much time with them. This is the same thing with Jesus. Here Jesus was, and, and Martha is busy in the kitchen while Mary is sitting by the Lord's side. You see, Mary was focused on the main course, and you and I, that's what we need to do as we celebrate this season, and not just this season, but our lives. We have to ask ourselves what's important. Because just like Martha, Christ is calling out to us and saying, take a look at what's most important and spend your time, your energy, and yourself there. In other words, this is what Jesus was saying. What are you willing to be awake for? What are you willing to be awake for? Now, uh, anybody that really knows me can tell you that I am a big superhero geek. Okay? I love superheroes. Okay? I love, you know, like Marvel and DC, you know, Iron Man, Superman, all that. In fact, I'm wearing Iron Man socks. I can't really show it, though. And, uh, you know, my, if you go to my desk, there's like Captain America figurines on my desk and all that. I love superheroes. And I, I'm a big superhero geek. Like big. Like so big that when the Avengers came out in 2012, we went to the midnight showing. It was a Thursday night. It was right after our high school night. And so we went. Now, you'd say, oh, well, you know, that's not too bad. But I didn't, I didn't let me continue. Uh, I didn't go dressed like this. I was wearing my Iron Man mask, and because I'm a big brother, they don't make Iron Man costumes for me. So I had to improvise. I'd wear one long sleeve t-shirt, one red one, and I'd put one tap light and duct tape onto my chest. And I walk into the plaza, I kid you not, I'm not lying. I walked in with, with my light on going, walking around like I was Iron Man. And, and, and some of the people that are standing in line that were crazy like me, they're like, oh! Some guys are like, dude, look at that guy. That guy's weird. I was like, yep, because I'm a big superhero geek, okay? But like I said, it was a Thursday night, and, I, and it was right after a high school night. Now, uh, if you have high schoolers, if you have teenagers, uh, you know sometimes they can kind of be draining. Well, if you have one or two, they can be draining. Try having 50. Okay, so... It was right after high school. Just kidding. I love our high schoolers. And uh, it was right after our high school night. And least to be said, I was really tired. So I remember we bought our tickets. We walk inside. And I'm sitting down in a chair. And 
uh, there was, it was packed. Everybody was talking, so I was like, okay, the movie's not going. I'm going to go sleep. I'm going to relax. I'm going to spaz out. And so as the previews are showing, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, okay. And all of a sudden, the big Marvel red banner comes up, and all of a sudden, I'm awake. Like, what's going on? What's going on? Oh, oh, oh. Yes, the movie's starting. I was awake. I was, like, fully awake. It was like I got a second win like that, and I was ready to watch this two-hour-long movie. And then after the movie was done, I was like, oh, I'm tired. And the, really, and, and the reality is I was willing to be awake for the movie. Why? Because I love that movie. Why? Because I'm a big superhero geek. My question to you this morning is this. What are you willing to be awake for in your life? What are you willing to be awake for in your life? You know, there's a story in the Bible that I love, and I love it. I use it all the time, especially with our youth. But it wasn't until I prepared for this message that I, I, didn't, I didn't quite understand it until now what the Lord really meant. And if you look in your notes, it's found in Mark 4, 35 to 41. In fact, we sang about it. And as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. If you, if you have notes, underline that, with a cushion. That goes to show you how relaxed he was. The disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going we're to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man, they asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. You see, what you have to ask yourself is, what are the most important things in your life, and what are you willing to be awake for? Now, here's what, I, here's what I didn't catch until I prepared for this message in that entire scripture. You know, for the disciples, what they thought was most important was their life. Here's the wind and the waves, and it's coming, and it's crashing into the boat, and they're thinking they're about to die. They think they're about to die. That's, why, that's what they think. That's what's most important. It's a matter of life and death. And yet Jesus, he's sleeping on a cushion. He's so relaxed that he's saying, listen, what you think is most important is not important to me. But if you follow what I know is important, I'll show you what to be awake for. You see, that's something that, that we have to learn today is, is what's most important and focus on it. Some of you may know this uh, illustration. That's what, let's say that this cylinder represents your life. This cylinder represents your life. Now, here's what happens when we don't focus on what's important. We tend to fill it with all these other stuff, right? You know, the gotta go work, gotta go do this, gotta do that, da 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 And then... When it comes to our relationship with God, we go, oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, I got to fill my life with that. Oh, wait, I'm, I'm married, so I wait, I got I to gotta fill my, I have to, what's most important is my wife or my husband. Oh, I have kids. So 
okay, well, all right, I'm going to put them in my life. And then, oh, uh, my friends or, or, or my workplace or school. And, oh, wait, hold on. Wait, but this is also important. But as you can see, it doesn't fit in your life. If you shake it, it'll fall, right? And that's what we do so many times, though. That's what we try to do. We go, okay, wait, all these things that are non-essentials, we fill our life with. And then when it comes to the very important stuff, we do, oh, we'll, we'll fill it up after. So, okay, here we go. It don't fit. But here's what we're supposed to do. If we take our life and go, okay, there are five things, there's five of the most important things in my life. And that for me, I'll tell you guys, mine, mine is... My relationship with God, my relationship with my wife, Katie, our two daughters, our family and friends, and then my calling. Those are my five essentials. Those five have to make me up before anything else. And so here's what we have to do. This is what we should be doing. Saying, okay, well, here's my relationship with God. Don't worry, they won't break. Here's my relationship with my wife. Here's my relationship with my kids. Here's my relationship uh, with my family and friends. And here's my calling. Oh, they all fit. But you still have stuff to do, so you got to say, well, I I still got to fill my life with it, right? Same amount of stuff that was in there. See, when we focus on what's important and let everything else fill it after, we see what is our foundation in our lives. And you know what happens when we do this? You know what happens when we do this? We know what to say yes to and what to say no to. Right? When we find out what's most important, we can then say, well, This is my five rocks. Everything else is just sand. And on your notes, there's a section for you, and I want you to do that. I want you to list in your life, what is your five rocks? And these rocks are very crucial because they make up the foundation of your life. These are the things that you're saying, I'm going to be awake for. Because trust me, I definitely don't want to be sleeping in my relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't want to be sleeping in my relationship with my wife. I definitely don't want to be sleeping in my relationship with my kids. I see that too many times in our youth. I definitely don't want to sleep in my relationship with the rest of my family and friends, and I definitely do not want to sleep in my calling. Because at the end of the day, that's what matters. You see, it's important to focus on what's important because when you focus on what's important, you know what to let go of. You know, in the story of the storm and the waves, the disciples were so focused on the waves and the wind and the fear of death that they missed out on the fact that the Savior of the world was in the boat with them. You see, when we focus on what's important, we allow it to be the foundations of our lives, which leads us to our second point. And our second point is this. Develop a godly rhythm for your life. Develop a godly rhythm for your life. Now, how many of you love music? 
I think we all love music. I think everyone loves music. And I, how many love Christmas music? I love Christmas music. I mean, that's one of the best reasons for the season is, is hearing the Christmas carols. Caleb started playing them yesterday. I loved it. And so I love Christmas music. I love music. And uh, one of my favorite Christmas carols is the song, O Holy Night. How many, how many love that song, O Holy Night? You know, O Holy Night. I love it because if you sing it, there's versions where when you hear it, the rhythm is so well done that it's so impactful. You know, like, O Holy Night. Oh, that was too high. Sorry. O Holy Night. The stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. See, like that is powerful. Now imagine if it was sung like this. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night that our Savior is born. It would have no meaning. It would have no impact. You know why that the first part sounded better than the second? It's because of the rhythm of the song. And just like music, you and I have to develop a godly rhythm for our lives. You know, uh, Noah Bin Shea said that it's the pause between the notes that makes the music. It's the pause between the notes that makes the music. You see, our lives, we tend to be go, 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 go. Work, 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 work. Do, 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 do. Be, 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 be. That's our rhythm. Do, 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 do. Imagine if that was a song. There actually is songs, but it's not really songs. It's noise, right? Right? I'm listening to what? Okay, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm 29 years old. I grew up, you know, with the hip-hop and all, you know, rap and all that, pop and all that. And then just a couple years ago, they came up with this thing called dubstep. It was like, boom, I was like, and all the kids were like, yeah, that's awesome. I was like, dude, that's noise. You're listening to noise. You're not listening to music. Let me show you what music is. And, you know, you throw in some oldies, and then, whoo. You see, our lives, we have to decide what our lives are going to be. Is it going to be music, or is it going to be noise? I, for one, I don't, want my, I don't want my life to be noise. I want our lives to be music. And in order to do that, we must develop a godly rhythm for our lives. So how do we do that? How do we develop a godly rhythm for our lives? Well, it starts by observing the Sabbath. Now, some of you know, may know what the Sabbath is. Some of you may not know what the Sabbath is. The Sabbath was actually uh, after God created all of creation on the sixth day. On the seventh day, the Bible said that he rested, and he declared it the Sabbath day, a holy day. Now, please understand, God didn't do this because he was tired. Our God don't get tired. But he actually did it to set an example for us. Because God knew that if he didn't rest, if he didn't set that example, we would also go and do Continue to just work, 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 create, 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 make, 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 and all that. And in the Bible, it actually says in Exodus 28 to 11, it says, Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary walk, work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. Did you know that the Sabbath day is actually not a suggestion? It's actually a commandment. It's one of the Ten Commandments. 
And there's a reason for it. Because we're supposed to take Sabbaths to be refilled and replenished and restored. And when we, reply, when we apply that to our lives, we get to pace our lives in the image of God. Just this past year, a couple months ago, uh, Katie and I, we, we uh, started doing the mall walkers program at the mall. And so uh, if you guys don't know what that is, it's uh, basically you, walk, you, you have to show up on these certain times, on certain days, and then you walk all inside the mall. And what happens is if you walk for a certain amount of miles, uh, you put your name in so you win a mall gift card. And so I remember go- my wife always wanted to do it, so she was like, baby, go. So I went. And so I remember walking, and I was like, oh, cool, you know, this is cool, and, and it's all right. And, and then I asked the, asked the lady, um, so when is the days for walking? And because of my work schedule, I couldn't do it because it was on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, I worked Thursday pretty much all day. And then on, and the times were, I believe, in the morning, and then like 5 to 7 or, or 4 to 6 or something like that. And so because of that reason, I could only walk once a week for like an hour. And I was like, wait, I got to I gotta, I gotta try and get as much miles done as in a short time as possible. So the second time we went, my competitive nature came up. So I was like, okay, I cannot run. So I'm going to walk really fast. And I was like, okay, I want to see if I can walk this entire mall in five minutes. I mean, all around, okay? So I'm like, okay. So my wife is like, okay, baby, you ready to walk? I was like, nope, shoot, I'm out. So I start walking. I start power walking for the first time in my life. <laughs> like a madman. Like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So I'm walking. I'm walking. I'm walking. I get to Cinnabon, and I'm like, you know, you start to slow down in the power walk. <laughs> and, then, and then I come back, and I'm starting to walk, and all of a sudden it happens. I tweak my ankle. Not playing football. Not playing basketball, power walking. <laughs> and, and because of that, I, I remember I didn't even finish the one round. I got hurt on my first round. And so, so Katie actually catch up, catches up to me. And she's like, how can you sitting down? I was like, oh, my ankle. She's like, oh, see, look, you like walk fast, huh? Like power walk, yeah? Now you got, now you ho- got to hop along now. And so, and so I had to walk, and I had to end up walking slower than I would have if I had just walked normal. And you know what the reality is? That's what we do in our lives. We try to power walk our lives. Or we try to run it. And what happens is, as many of you know, when we don't have that pace, that healthy pace set up, it ruins our lives. I mean, people don't eat well, they don't sleep well, they don't get rest. They start uh, developing habits, and that's just physical. Our minds, we start to get overwhelmed and start going crazy, you know, you know and all that. Emotionally, we start crying for no reason because we're just stressed out. You watch the commercial and you go, <laughs> You see, we, gotta, we, gotta, we have to develop a godly rhythm for our lives. Because here's the deal, too. It, it doesn't just, it doesn't just uh, slow us down so that we can enjoy it, but it actually empowers us. I was a freshman in high school, and I've never lifted weights ever in before in my life prior to that moment. And so I remember when I was a freshman in high school, uh, me and my friends, we, we'd always go after school to this local gym, and uh, we'd walk there from, from school, and we'd start working out. Now, like I said, I was a rookie. I never did this before. I was a beginner. So I did the most brilliant thing. I followed my friends who've been lifting weights for, like, years. And so... 
uh, they start lifting weights, and so they say, oh, okay, man, we're going to work on our arms today. So, okay, cool. So I go and start working on my arms, same, trying to, you know, competitive nature, okay? Trying to keep up with them, you know, because uh, I'm bigger than, I was bigger than most of them. I was like, okay, I, I cannot look weak. So, you know, as I'm actually, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm good, I'm good, yeah, okay. And so the first thing, the first day was done, felt good, because I'd never done it before, I felt good. Second day we went back, they were like, okay, same thing. Oh, okay, cool, so I did it, I was getting the hang of it. Now the third day comes, and I'm ready, I'm like, okay, I'm going to show them up now. And then they go, okay, Ben, we're going to do legs. Dude, I just started getting good at arms, man. Come on. I could do arms. You know, so they're like, no, we're going to do legs. I'm like, uh, well, how about you guys do legs? I'm going to do my arms, okay? And they're like, okay, suit yourself. And so I do arms. Now, if anybody's lifted weights three days in a row, working on the same thing, you know what happens. By the end of the night, my arms were jello. I was like, <laughs> I was, my arms were so weak, I couldn't lift up a piece of paper. That's how sore it was. Because all I did... All I did was work out those arms. I didn't let them rest. And what happened was instead of building muscle and then letting it rest so that I could actually build and strengthen, I kept breaking it down. That's why my friend guys went to legs. They, said, they knew that, okay, it's time to let our arms heal up and then we'll work on our legs. That's the same thing with our lives. So many times we try to overwork our arms or overwork our lives that at the end of it, we're crippled. And that's not good. You see, if we develop a godly rhythm, if we develop a godly rhythm, like in Luke 5.16, we learn Jesus. Jesus developed a godly rhythm. It said, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. You see, if, if you and I develop a godly rhythm, we will know how to pace our lives and also allow him to strengthen us. Pastor Lance Witt says this, and I love it. He said, You cannot live life at a warp speed without warping your soul. You see, allowing rest to be part of the rhythm in our lives allows us to recuperate and strengthen ourselves for the next beat of our lives. In Mark 6, 33-44, we hear the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000 people. But there's a verse before it. There's two, two verses before it, and I want us to look at that, and it's Mark 6, 30 and 32, and it says this. It says, the apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. Now picture this. Jesus and the disciples are doing so much ministry that people are coming to them to the point where they can't eat. How do you react when you're, not, when you're hungry? Yeah. Imagine, getting told, imagine having 5,000 people in front of you. And then imagine having to feed 5,000 people when you're hungry. Imagine if, that, if, imagine if that's what Jesus did. Imagine if, imagine if that's what the disciples said. Hey, Lord, you know, we didn't eat. It's okay. Just, just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. 5,000 people show up. Just 5,000 people, Lord. Oh, it's okay, it's okay, just keep going, just keep going. Keep... They're hungry, Lord. Just keep going, keep going. Lord, I'm pretty sure they would have snapped. I would have snapped. I would have been like, Lord, I need a Snickers bar, you know? But, but Jesus knew. Why? Because he knows how important it is to have a godly rhythm. 
He knows it can't just be work, 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 work. It has to be times of rest. See, Jesus knows the importance of having a rhythm of both action and rest. And therefore, Jesus inserts a pause in between the beats. Now, I don't know how to play keyboard. I know very limited. I, I, know, I know very limited. But what I do know is that there's a scale. And many of us know it. We know it as do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. And I'm going to jump back here real quick. And many of us know it. We know it as this. See, I told you I wasn't that really good, okay? So. Now, we know that as the scale, you know, do, re, do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. And then we know it backwards, right? Okay? Now, if you play it like that, just like that, doesn't really make sense, especially if you mess up like how I just did. But here's what happens when you insert pause in between the beats. I'm going to play the same thing, but I'm going to insert a pause. You ready for it? You see, you insert the pause in between the beats. You hear the good news. That joy to the world, the Lord has come. Amen? You see, it's important for us to develop godly rhythm for our lives and insert those pauses because if we don't, then what ends up happening is our lives just become noise. They don't become music. And the third point is this. Remember to fill the tank. Remember to fill the tank. I don't know about you, but uh, if you've ever run out of gas before, it's not a very pleasant situation. I remember a couple, I think it was last year, uh, I used to have a Honda Ridgeline, and so I was driving, and <clears throat> I was at my in-law's house, and they said, oh, Ben, would you be able to uh, dump rubbish for us? Sure, said, yeah, sure, no problem. So I threw this rubbish in the back of my truck, and I made my way down to the dump. Now, prior to this, my truck, the needle was on E, and the light was on, it was yellow. Now, I've heard it said, I'm not a car guy, obviously, okay, so I've heard it said that you can go 20 miles on empty. Whoever told me that, thank you, because I believed you. And then, for some weird reason, I thought that, you know, the, the, you know the light that comes on, you know, is yellow? I thought that if I, if, I really, if I was really in trouble, it would turn red. So there I am, and I'm driving to the dump, and I'm realizing, okay, I need to go fill in gas eventually. And so I'm like, oh, well, being the procrastinator that I am, I was like, oh, you know, I can go fill them up on the way back up. So I'm driving. Now, as I'm driving to the dump, I pass five gas stations. It was like the Lord trying to say, dude, filling gas, filling gas, filling gas, filling gas, filling gas. I was like, no, I got it. I, I, I'll be fine. 20 miles. <laughs> Mind you, it's been on empty for like a week. So I didn't really factor in how many times I was driving. Anyway, and so I go to the dump, and I make my way back up to uh, my in-law's house. And I'm on Carolina Street. And all of a sudden, the gas, no more power. And all of a sudden, I went, did I just run out of gas? Because the light didn't turn red. There's no noise. You know, they should, just letting you know, car inventors out there, you should have a noise to say, you're really out of gas, go fill in. That would be really helpful. But anyway, uh, so, so I'm like, oh my, and, and, I'm, and I'm on Kaiwalani Street. There's nowhere for me to turn on the side. So what ends up happening is I have to turn into a driveway, 
And because I don't have gas, I can't even do this. I can't even do this. I have to go like that. So now I'm blocking the driveway. And there I am, and I'm like, oh, man, Katie's going to kill me because she's going to go, why are you never filling gas earlier? And then my friends are going to laugh at me when I tell them the story, which they did. And, and I was like, okay. And now I start freaking out because here I am, I'm blocking a house. And I'm thinking, okay, I go to church, I'm on staff. I don't want people in this house thinking that I'm about to rob them. If, the people that, if there's nobody home and they come back in, I don't want them to say, hey, that's the guy from church, how come he's blocking our driveway? I started start freaking out. And then I go, okay, I need to know who I'm going to call for gas. I can't call, I'm not going to call Katie because then, you know, I want to let her know after, you know, I get home. So I call my mom. And I told her, mom, can you tell Joe, my stepdad, to come and uh, fill in gas or bring me gas so I can go fill up? And so there I go and I'm waiting. And I don't know why, but it seemed like the longest five minutes in my life. I was so paranoid. I was like, okay, hopefully nothing happens. And I'm all freaking out. I'm sweating. And I'm, I'm like listening to the radio, trying to calm down. I'm like, ah! And all of a sudden, here comes my stepdad to the rescue in his blue Prius. Here I am, a grown man, in my Honda Ridgeline truck, being saved by a hybrid electric vehicle. <laughs> it was not one of the proudest moments of my life. And that just goes to show that it's important to fill the tanks in our lives. It's important to fill the tanks in our lives. Because here's the deal. I think so many times we tend to give out that we forget to receive. Now listen, I'm not telling you, oh, receive, 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 receive. It's not what Christmas is about. But I'm saying you cannot pour out without being poured in. Does that make sense? And the beauty of it is, it all starts with Jesus. If you look in your notes, there's that scripture. It says, don't burn out, keep yourselves fueled and aflame. And that's Romans 12, 11. And then it comes to, it comes to Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, and it says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary, and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. You see, we cannot burn out. You may have heard the expression, uh, if, you, if you light a candle at both ends, it's not good. Yeah, because eventually you're going to get burned. And when we get burnt, we're, we're left with just a mess. We're trying to gain momentum with no power behind it. And then we become a shell of the person that God intended us to be. You see, we must make the choice to fill up our tanks and recharge our batteries. And it all starts with plugging in the source. Now, just letting you know, you have more than one tank. Many people, they, they mistake, oh, you know, I, I, you know, I let Jesus fill me. That's great. Jesus should fill you. But I'm going to let you guys know here today that Jesus does not only fill me. He fills me, but he fills my spiritual tank. And although he fills all, other parts of, all the other parts of me, there's other things that have to fill me. Because if you look at the greatest commandment, it says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. That's four tanks that you and I have. And how do I feel? For me, uh, what fills me spiritually is when I go out to Lapa Point. And I just sit down, I just take in the waves, the wind, and I open my Bible and I pray and I, I, I go in his word and even sing worship. That fills me spiritually, but not necessarily physically. For me, physically, what fills me is when I play basketball or football with the boys or with the youth. 
for emotionally, uh, for, uh, well, actually mentally for me, uh, what fills me is actually watching movies and watching videos because I have a creative mind. So when I watch that, it kind of it fills me. It fills my mind with thoughts and, and things how I could create stuff. And then emotionally, there's nothing more that fills me than spending time with my family, my wife and my kids. And this, this morning, here's what I want to ask you. I want to ask you, what fills you? Because if all you're doing is doing things that drain you, you're never going to be filled. You're never going to be able to find rest. You're never going to live the life that God wants for you. You know, in Proverbs 17:22, it says that a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. And in Ecclesiastes 8.15, it says, So I recommend having fun because there is nothing better for people to do in this world than to eat, drink, and enjoy life. That way, they will experience some happiness along with all the hard work God gives them. If you ever watch The Shining, you know that all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. We have to be able to fill ourselves. We have to be able to say... I want to, I want to, this is what fills me spiritually. This is what fills me physically. This is what fills me emotionally. This is what fills me mentally. And when you ask yourself those questions and you write it down, then do it. I haven't played basketball for so long that I can feel it draining in my life. Not the fact that I don't play basketball, but the physical tank that I have. And if we're not careful, we're going to miss out. We're going to become empty and not be the people God wants us to be. Now, when we are filled, we get to overflow into the lives of others around us. I know life can be hectic sometimes. Trust me, I know. And I know during this season, it can kind of seem even worse. But the reality is this. Life has always been kind of crazy. If you look in the Old Testament... You see that. You see that life, has been, life can be hectic. But you know what the beauty of it all is? Is that Christmas happened. The stories of the Old Testament, the craziness of it all, comes to a standstill the very first Christmas. Christmas is the time when we get to remember that the Prince of Peace, the wonderful counselor, Emmanuel, Jesus Christ, our Savior is born. In John 16, 33, it says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. This Christmas, let's not let this season pass by. Let's focus on what's important. Develop a godly rhythm for our lives and remember to fill our tanks. You know, I know that this season may seem like there's a lot going on, and it might very well be, but so was the very first Christmas. Imagine a virgin mother, a treacherous journey back home, three wise men in search for a king, shepherds in the fields as an angel appeared to them, no room for them at the end. And at the very end, a baby 
lying asleep in a manger. If there's anything that that can show us is that during this season, you can find rest when you seek the Savior. Amen? I'm going to ask you to put your notes away and you can put your Bibles away. Within the year, there are four months that have five Sundays, and here at New Hope Hilo, Hawaii, we've declared them our mission Sundays. And as a Foursquare church, we get to give to our Foursquare Missions International who fund and support missionaries all over the world. In fact, one of our very own church members, Ditas Udani, will be going to a f- missions trip to the Philippines in March 2015. They're gonna, she's going to be partnering up with New Hope, Loog, and their remote outreaches. I know that there's always things to be done, but in sharing the gospel is the most important. And so if the Lord has put that on your heart or given you a heart for missions and you've always wondered how could you be a part of it, well, this is your time. Right now we're actually going to pray for the missions offering. So if ushers, you could be prepared for that. And then we'll pray for the service. But can I just encourage you this morning? Take some time to breathe. Enjoy this season. Because there's a reason for it, and that is Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Lord, we come before you right now, Lord, and Lord, we lift up our missions offering to you, Lord. We ask right now, Lord, that, Lord, there's many people in this entire world that don't get to celebrate this season or they celebrate it for the wrong reasons because they don't know you. And Lord, what a gift you've given unto us that we get to be your church and your body that we get to be used by you to, to share your gospel to all those within this world. And so, Lord, as we give this morning to our missions offering, Lord, would you take that and would you bless the missionaries all around the road, including our very own, as they show your love to those who are unloved. And, Lord, this morning you talk to us about finding rest, Lord. This world can be a restless world. And for many of us in this room, Lord, We can say that life has been hectic, it's been busy, it's been crazy, it's been messy, it's been so many things. But Lord, would you just enter it? Would you remind us to focus on what's important? Would you remind us to to pick up or develop a godly rhythm for our lives? Or would you remind us to fill our tanks? And it all starts with you. Lord, we thank you for this season. We thank you for coming to this earth to give us joy, to give us peace, to give us hope, and to bring us your love. 